podcast i am your host jonathan andre culleton and today we talk about a film centered around and literally named after the white as fuck patriarchal imperialistic cisnormative heteronormative racist inherently fucked concept of passing i am of course talking about rebecca hall's 2021 directorial debut Passing. It is the story of two Black women, old high school friends living in 1920s New York. Tessa Thompson's Irene is the wealthy wife of a Black docker, doctor, while Claire Ruth Nega is married to Alexander Skarsgård, and literally nothing good in a movie ever comes of that. Well, Rocketeers, today's film was handpicked for y'all by today's guest. He is a trans mask G&E icon, and I know that because I just worked with him on Spookable. Y'all, if you're looking for a best boy, look no further than this boy. It's Ryan Baker. Welcome, Ryan. (laughs) That was the greatest introduction I've ever had. Holy shit. (laughs) I can do it for you at the mixer next time when you come in, if you like. Yeah, I'm down. (laughs) I'll need to write one for you then. Thank you. Yeah, I don't really get one. I just... It, there's a the intro to the show but that's spoiler alert that's me that's me yeah yeah robot voice <laughs> <laughs> I introduced myself anyway welcome to the pod ryan thank you so much it's good to see you and i mean it sincerely you are so hardworking and such a talent on set really good vibes on set we enjoyed having you very very much thank you <laughs> i loved that production like i've I haven't really worked on like a set that was like trans masculine focused before. Mm. And that was really special. Same. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Pretty sure. Same for me. Yeah. I've worked on a lot of queer sets, but this one felt, uh, yeah. Led by, uh, you know, two trans women and two trans mask people essentially. Um, and because, uh, Marvel and I wrote it, you know, I, I was directing it. I think there was a stamp on it. So I really hope that that picture is very fulfilling for all of us. Um, and uh, we're going to just pop into our show here. If you hear any squeaks, it's the spaceship. Um, there's there's little, there, we're fixing something uh, on it actively. So <laughs> if you hear anything like that, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought I'd say that at the top. All right, we're gonna start with our nostalgia scan. Our scanner, of course, goes from zero to one hundred and is powered by the real T. Don't lie to it. I've put in the yams for extra zing this time because they just they sounded really good. Simple recipe yams, and it sounds like the star of the meal too. There was. No, it wasn't like pants, PMs on the side of turkey, whatever. It's just yams, which I love. Um, so that's the for a little extra pop in our machine. It's time to ask ourselves, how much nostalgia do we really have for passing? Now, Ryan, this is a machine and a whole pod rocket that I've made by myself, not as a scientist, but as a filmmaker. So for safety's sake, would you like me to go first? 
<laughs> I would appreciate that. Yes, please. No problem, bud. Well, Scanning. I didn't have any nostalgia really for this film. I saw that it was out and I didn't watch it because usually it takes me about four to five years to watch a drama. Comedy, I'll pop it right on and I'll say, what is this crap? Um, but it's a little bit, it's a little more difficult for me to say this is what I want to do tonight. But I'm really glad you you brought this film to me. I think that my nostalgia lies a little bit in uh, Tessa being, you know, this queer actor. Just we have nostalgia inherently for people who have come out, even if they haven't been around a while. Like the moment she came out, it was like she was a superhero of bisexuality and we loved her. So I have a little bit of that. I'm feeling nostalgia for the use of black and white. I think that's why, you know, one of the reasons people use it, but especially for the uh, uh, theme element here which um, justifies it a little more and I'm pinging a little bit for Rebecca Hall too because I've always enjoyed her as an actress I've always found her to be really like natural performance which I love so I'm gonna say I'm at a 25 but that's like from thinking I was like dead on arrival ask me in 10 years I'm sure it'll be more what about you Ryan scanning that's you gave a great answer, first of all. I love that. I would say nostalgia isn't necessarily the the key word for this film. So to mm. rank it, I would probably put it at like a 15 to 25. Yeah. Um, I first saw it when it came to Netflix because Netflix produced it in... Well, I, or I guess like picked it up after Canes, I believe. Um, yeah. Or Sundance. One of the yeah. larger... Or as some best. people pronounce it, con. Oh, cons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for catching me on that. <laughs> That's um, the France Miss Universe. Do it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, on in France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I I tend to watch dramatic works. Like, it's funny, me and my, my boyfriend have talked about, like, the, our taste in films being, like, very different. He likes films that don't have ambiguous endings. Um, he loves sci-fi, which I do too. Um, but my films are, like, the way he would describe it is, like, uh, films that are a little bit sad and a little, <laughs> like, like, ambiguous in their timing and their ending in their... Yeah. Um, like there's no like I like the the slice of life yeah films yeah versus the he loves like films like the prestige um uh interstellar <laughs> okay yeah yeah big big productions which I do too I like, do too, yeah like, yeah but um I I think uh, sorry to answer your question. <laughs> like, uh, I would say fifteen to twenty-five is like mm -hmm, my nostalgia mm -hmm. rating, but maybe that's my perspective of a person being born in nineteen ninety-five. Let's say if I was like a hundred plus years old, yes. maybe I would feel more nostalgic. And like the book itself by Nella Larson was published in the twenties, maybe thirties, um, mm. and then the film is obviously of that time period so and like you said with the black and white and having it be so intrinsic with the theme of it yeah um yeah i think i would say my answer is 15 to 25. 
That feels right. Yeah, I think even even in our world, even in our filmmaking world, the film buzz around this wasn't enough, um, to be honest, but it just wasn't approached in the same way that we, that we then kind of think of it immediately nostalgically, because it's like, yeah, that one really made a buzz, um, which is sort of it's a weird concept that is um, that is linked to passing, you know, this like uh, vetting um, of who we are or whatever. So I was thinking about passing in the macro. I think we'll get into that a lot uh, because honestly, I, I, I just I think passing exists in almost every community that I could think of. So uh, yeah. we'll talk about it today. <laughs> it's bad and it's bad. Um, but in my day, I would say, you know, 16 years ago when I transitioned, uh, passing was peak, um, you know, so I definitely came of came of trans, you know, when when that was uh, that seemed paramount to me, um, but also was, I think, what I wanted anyway. So complicated as usual. Nothing's ever, nothing's ever straightforward for us, I guess. Um, yeah. We'll get- I wouldn't um, want it to be straightforward, to be honest. Maybe that's true. the Pisces in me, but like, I, I really like, I think the best things in life are the things that are very complicated and ambiguous. Yeah, totally. Um, just like your movies. So uh, <laughs> yes. we're going to land on an ambiguous ending here, uh, as I was trying to describe to Graham earlier, uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit interpretive, like many moments. So we'll get into our synopsis. We begin on some, you know, aimless chatter, it seems, but there is already there's some gender stuff going on there's a line that says it's just not right for a girl so so interesting what are they talking about we follow these two white women who enter this store and a woman picks up their dropped rag doll which is of a black girl so i already here i'm like what is happening like who like is this clearly it's supposed to be like the 1920s very distinct hat wear so we have tessa thompson she's sort of covering her face a little bit her makeup looks like it's making her a little bit paler so she's possibly trying to pass here she hands them this doll and they say oh what a nice lady you know they're <laughs> they have <Yeah>. this little <laughs> interaction and, and you, you have to immediately wonder okay so if this is the 1920s that we have seen depicted in movies um until now then why are these women okay with tessa thompson who's someone in our modern day we know to be an iconic mixed actress okay so like here we are wondering already which the movie plays with us so much which is great it's playing with our our perception of passing so oh, yeah, it, it's it's a good movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just gonna also mention um, to the yeah as as I as I kind of said in the open the black and white the use of it the contrast all very very purposeful. This is when uh, because of the heat, uh, her character Irene is taken to what looks to be like a, like a hotel like a restaurant at a hotel or something right and uh she is sitting there you can tell it's weird like she sits 
and she has she has like the, a view of you know five different white people six white people that are like like sitting there canoodling talking not talking also so this is i've seen this film a couple times but mm -hmm. this is something that i kind of missed or mm -hmm. like kind of it jumped out at me this feeling was yeah when she's about to enter this all-white space like there's this uh attendant i guess you could say that's mm -hmm. like the way he gets into frame to greet her seems so authoritative and um like he, she's he's about to stop her yeah like, you can't be here but he's like right this way like it there's so much mm -hmm. of the tension um i think also like he, like the fact that it fit like the beginning of the film starts with this um it's black and then fades to a white light mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. then we see blurs and it's just like disorienting um and then like i think the most telling parts of the film is notice and maybe this is my genie perspective of like looking at lighting but mm -hmm. lighting is storytelling and lighting is writing too yeah um and the the scenes where it is overwhelmingly white like in every aspect of it like where it's almost peaking like the the register of um oh what's it called the white balance is like mm -hmm. peaking like it's like so bright on purpose right uh those are the scenes that are filled with the most tension which honestly in in terms of a lot of filmmaking and a lot of even just story writing a lot of times like white bright light is used as um a peaceful ambiance or like a, a sanctuary mm -hmm. and that serene places that exactly yeah and that places that are um dark and uh are considered you know gloomy mysterious and like mm -hmm. and it's the opposite here which is so refreshing and also i think really combat like it combats like what we teach about colorism with our words mm -hmm. um and that's what i think that's one of my favorite things about this film it's i love i love the lighting and the use of it i think is in is purposeful and in camera because we're looking at an actress that again we identify as um a, a mixed uh mixed biracial actress so we're looking at her and we know that but the camera is definitely trying to up the whites which is what we say in filmmaking speak doesn't sound yeah. right here but yeah that's upping the whites um to make it to make it have a certain feel of forcedness which i think is creating the tension there uh-huh and the casting i don't know if maybe i don't know if you've seen this interview it's i think it was like with rebecca hall and tessa thompson doing like a scene synopsis which is it's so cute i can't remember who uh like interviews them but she mm -hmm. talks about how purposeful the casting is or maybe it was a, an interview with the atlantic i can't this is embarrassing okay. <laughs> but um, some source Oh yeah, I'll give it to you later. So, um, the uh, she talks about how purposeful she was with the casting, and that even like people were debating like why are these two actresses casted casted in a film about passing when they don't pass today? And she said, right. "I purposely casted um, actresses that are known publicly as black." Yeah. Whereas with literally almost any other passing film which there was 
a large um, uh, collection of narratives that talk about passing like from the 20s to like the late 50s that were basically like an insert white person uh like empathy Mm -hmm. making thing which has a good intention but is like it's always from a white perspective and other than like freddie washington who is a black actress who passes white like she played um piola in Imitation of Life, mm-hmm. uh, the nineteen thirty nine, I think is the year. It's the thirties. Mm-hmm. There's another one in the fifties. That was a remake that also is actually, I've seen both of them I've and they're both, pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's uh, like black actresses are certainly, yeah, like black actresses are not playing like these roles and certainly mm-hmm. not directing. Um, from that perspective and it's like like people were debating like oh it can why are these two casted and also who is this white lady directing and it's <laughs> right. it's like it's so funny how this film was talked about yeah. um yeah i just i had to say that really quick. oh totally yeah and i was so nervous about it being directed by rebecca hall in some ways because i was like oh no but it it actually really never felt like the white perspective which was amazing so um yeah yeah women can do that sometimes which <laughs> really yeah. reads well, through <laughs> she's also like she's also black like she yeah. passes for white so right. it makes sense that she she would um be able to get like the more uh specific and nuanced parts of it right um it's cool <laughs> yeah no it's definitely a uh, great personnel um and the alexander skarsgård character we're gonna meet is like it's like the the perfect cast for like what how you want to feel about every character um so, <laughs> but fucking great but um okay so let's see where were we um okay so at this hotel irene spots claire and there's clearly like a lot of tension already sexual tension too definitely a lot of sexual tension and um reminds me of like the intensity of early transition you know kind of like looking for similar looking for someone who understands and in this moment we kind of we feel that irene's passing and so we're like, okay, so are both these women passing? Are they recognizing each other for just being fellow passers? But <laughs> it's more than that. So she goes up to her and, and it's like, okay, don't you recognize me? And she's like, uh, I don't know who you are. But but Claire is insistent. They are old high school friends. And they're also like people that are smart enough to be delicate right away it's an agreement a silent agreement kind of you know reminds me of just safety among queers that kind of vibe or it's the like twinkle okay in the eye. <laughs> yeah the twinkle in the eye um and and later she's gonna say of, to Hugh that she she knows um when someone is <laughs> passing and this is that moment you know we've all had this too uh is that another trans man uh it's a question yeah, I've... clocking each other in public yes i always think of there's literally like this meme that's like you know like from it's always sunny mac 
mm-hmm. and uh charlie there's yeah. like this this i'll send it to you but it's mm-hmm. like this like they're both just staring at each other like exactly like this scene from <laughs> passing first of all just the deer in the headlights stare mm-hmm. and also like watching um claire's stare into Rini's eyes is so like honestly when i first watched it, i was like i didn't really get like that much because i think it, it the thing is that even in the book there's like some subtleties about queerness going on and this was mm-hmm. written even in the 20s but it's it's kind of one of those like you only know if you know yeah uh, so the source of the text that this is uh this film is uh coming from had to be also muddled down too but they do raise it up a bit more because of where we are now but if it was like too much obvious to the point where like probably a cishet person could easily see it then it almost goes off of like this is no longer the same text mm-hmm. uh, which isn't where she wanted to go but um yeah it would oh, be but- funny if it was a dolly zoom yeah 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 like vertigo almost Um, this is important this is gay mm -hmm. do you see that they're lusting yeah (laughs) as well as being scared and that's and that's also intrinsic uh with lusting itself is being scared of each other too a little bit or like a little bit of like the being seen Um, absolutely yeah i forgot how intense Claire's stare is at Rini. I was like, this girl is drooling. Like I, I'm picking up more and more of the queerness of this film because they think there's an assumption that this film is like mostly talking about race because the bil- the book is, I mean, that's just explicit and overt that it's talking about, a ra- about race. But I think, I mean, like the fact that Tessa Thompson is in it, um, Andre Holland yeah. of fucking Moonlight in it. Mm-hmm. it. Like, there's no way. I mean, he, I don't think that he's queer. I don't know if he is or not. Doesn't matter. Like, it gives us a queer feeling. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I get queer feelings looking at Andre Holland. I'll say that. <laughs> For fucking sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the, there's, there's the movie, there's the mise en scene, and then there's the signals that the movie sends outwardly um even before you watch it or whatever so uh just like a meal you sort of intake a film before you eat it so anyway all right (laughs) let's get back in thank you (laughs) well these are all things that i've been thinking about intensely you know recently i guess so uh my director brain is, is has been worked um they're both married to dudes also they're both married to men and uh and irene asks if claire's husband knows so just the idea that like that Irene is like married to a black guy and she wouldn't she just wouldn't do this thing that Claire has done but Claire has been with John since she was a little before 18 and she is she is basically like passing with her own husband and not living her true self which is clearly one of her huge huge issues claire's husband knows uh claire's husband does not know and he uh let's see and and reenie as she as claire is calling her irene uh says that her husband wouldn't 
pass. You know, this is not that she's not married to a person that even has this option as they're calling it. So they go back there, like they're hanging out in this hotel room and there's cakes, there's drinks, they're having a good time. And then John comes back and John is Alexander Skarsgård, as I mentioned. So he's the scariest person <laughs> in the world. Yes. Cishet vibes all over. Mm -hmm. And he's just so intense, you know? Yeah. And he's like a walking Confederate soldier. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so <laughs> policeman vibes. Like I, I think in the book, I didn't read him that way. I, mm -hmm. I kind of pictured him as kind of aristocratic racist. Sure. Uh, but there's something about in the film he reads as like policing. Yeah, he's super Anglo looking and he's just <laughs> he's honestly like, yeah, ready to ready to be violent on the edge of violence. I don't know. What was I watching recently where it wasn't this movie where they talk about violent hearts, was it? Oh, it was Last of Us, the last uh, episode of oh. Last of Us. Sorry, I haven't seen the last haven't. episode. It's okay. Okay, I'll, all right. Just, we, just, uh, just dialogue. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, spoilers for Last of Us. Spoilers for everything. <laughs> so, so anyway, so they're up there, and then this is incredibly tense because Irene is like, "Does this person, you know, am I passing for white with this person? This person is using the N word. Says he hates black people." very intense that fucking the the way he delivers that line like no i don't like them i hate them yeah like, i don't like them i hate I them, hate them. <laughs> yeah, exactly also dramatic that seems like pretty of uh, the most white supremacist fruity way to say that first of all yeah that is it's almost like he I, at first i said does he know you know does he actually know and there could be there could be a representation a, a version of this where he does i think it's an interesting choice mainly on claire's point part to be with somebody that is not only like white but really racist so if, like even for the for the time maybe he's like middle ground but in <laughs> 1920s oh new york yeah because things were bad right you never know this wasn't yeah. the south um this was a city on the east coast but that doesn't mean shit so really yeah really we have to be honest about like maybe there is a version where he does and at the end you know the the idea of it coming out being really the source of his anger not not betrayal so because mm. a man in this time would just think he owns this woman you know probably if he'd been raised white like that so it's just i think there's wow. a lot of possibilities here but mainly he is reading um irene as as white so that everything's okay for a sec but then she she out of safety and am among many other things discomfort and being upset she hightails it out of there and claire's like oh no like please don't i love like being around you and she's like i'm i'm fucking going so yeah irene gets home and she lives in a nice place she goes in and at first i thought the the husband was drunk but as he is a lot he's just tired because he's a doctor 
and his honestly after watching this i feel like um irene is a lesbian like not even just by like it's like he he is touch starved and yeah like feeling <laughs> he literally calls like later in the scene like i don't know if you're i don't want to go too far ahead but like is literally like won't you give some charity mm -hmm. to to me like yeah and she's like <laughs> that's essentially what he says um he he thinks it's a joke sex so it's like oh yeah yeah that's what he that's how he begins that conversation like saying that that's how they're going to teach their kids so that they know the real tea but honestly like i think you're right because even the way that she kind of pounces him it reminds me of right before breakup um trying to trying at physicality so i'm trying to hide how i feel even from myself and i'm just gonna jump on the person and then and as i said to graham like is this 1920s like fucking because it's like he's like ooh, ooh, yeah and then like it just ends in a cuddle and i'm like okay what <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were gonna fuck you know i yeah. thought they were gonna straight up bone um but the kids are upstairs <laughs> that's right that maybe that's just me so anyway so no that's not just you it's okay <laughs> Where's the, uh, where's the real stuff? So anyway, Irene is then worried, uh, that, uh, her son has picked up what is, what is, uh, termed queer ideas about sex. <laughs> so this is actually a thing that happens a few times and it happens here first when they're talking about, I think it's, is it junior or, or I think it's junior or Ted, um, but T Ted has the other, the problems that center around um, wanting to know more about the race struggles, which is really sort of his right. And then, uh, and then Junior is, is just picking up things, et cetera. So I think I'm pretty sure I'm right <laughs> about that, but queer ideas about sex, that is just, a really tee hee hee um bracing uh this is when um that you know they have like a little fight and claire has sent a letter and the end of this is is that he reads this letter irene has not wanted to open this letter because she knows it's going to be intense but it is you know it's it's like a love letter it's very yeah weirdly dramatic and it's, there's so much yearning in it wild desire is the phrase that that claire uses mm -hmm. to see her to see her again and and brian all, all always knows that this is this is a black woman is passing irene was honest about that so there's no secrecy here it's just do you really want to see this person this is toxic right yeah. so um and then this is also around the time we get um a little moment of irene bossing around her maid um zulina is that her name yeah zulina. zoo, zoo. yeah um so this is sort of gonna have little moments um that pick up around claire but basically we see okay they have a black maid and they don't yeah. treat her like shit but she's still in a servitude position and and she's darker attention. than i think both of both brian and irene this is when Claire shows up. First of all, just want to say, not cool. Don't do this. Uh, yeah. Especially because I know so many neurodivergent people, including myself, that 
just don't do this. It don't even call, honestly, just text. (laughs) (laughs) So Claire doesn't text. She just shows up and she's super upset that the letter hasn't been answered. And she's like, kind of like, she's like teetering with anger. Irene, she's like, I can't believe, were you going to answer it? And then Irene's like, okay, open the door, girl. I will tell you why I didn't answer. Um, First of all, you're a lot. Second, second, why would you put me in the position that you did with your husband? Safety, passing, what's happening? You know what she also (laughs) said, too, Mm -hmm. was, um, well, one... They talk about a lot of like financial security, like not necessarily in the scene, but like, mm-hmm. like quickly jumping back to the hotel scene, mm-hmm. like Irene or um, Claire says it's worth the price, right? Like to pass, like literally getting a dollar sign from and like having a per like a a, a spouse that's white and right. wealthy white. Um, and then also like the, I mean, maybe this is a bit corny, but like, you, like the price of passing and like the, like sure. the, the toll it takes, but it also yeah, jumps back. She says to uh, Claire, this is now when she's, you know, showed up at the yeah. house. Yeah. Claire, she says, you acted beautifully, like <sighs> literally saying performance. performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of you. I, I wrote like this quote that's like, it's very kind of you to be delicate about the whole situation where it's like, thank you for playing the game with me. Thank right. you for not outing me either. Right. Not outing either of us. Like right. it was, you did so well. And I think of a lot, like, honestly, this wouldn't happen with trans people as much too, no. though, because we're all fucking our partners. <laughs> so <laughs> we know what's going on. They know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah that's, like that's it's, a joke it's... y'all i'm not discounting asexual trans people <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing to to shout out um hey y'all yeah like <laughs> like there's this um i think I'll, i don't know if i've told you this but i'm i'm also mixed race like my transness teaches me a lot about my relationship with like my race and then vice versa like all the fucking time and something that this scene maybe think specifically performance and like constantly on the lookout for who knows what about me and that I think yeah and I think also like I think the passing conundrum with my transness wasn't as jarring because I've had practice with it my whole life like whether it was just being in white spaces and knowing okay who knows my family who knows where I come from who also just knows me in general um, and who who's going to say some bullshit around me or who is going to um, praise me for my performance, like of uh, like respectability, but also of like colorism, like it, like that my features are the way that they are. Um, I just, this, I don't know why, but like this, this, this scene, I mean, I do know why. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> articulating exactly it very well. I think, I Thank think you. also that, I mean, as a white person, I think it makes me think that like my almost 
like borderline Karen-esque attitude to, to being misgendered in early transition probably came from a place of entitlement that I, you know, was not used to. Um, and I was financially disadvantaged as a kid, but that it really, it, it being, you know, being uh, Irish Catholic in Boston, just, I, it was my city, you know? So yeah, I feel like that, that speaks to me a lot too. Just, just being like somebody who looks pretty Anglo and, um, and I think, and I think I, I would be, um, I would, I, I pass in, in a way, you know, now I think I don't in certain circles, but I haven't been misgendered in, in years and years. So even that kind of escaping, hoping that I would grow a full beard just so that I wouldn't have to deal with that kind of vibe was it, there was a desperation about it for me. So that yeah. would be my perspective on it. I know it's sad, but it's, I think it's good to be revealing and be like, yeah, it's easier to be um white <laughs> you know <laughs> like Word. it really just is you know um so yeah anyway uh <laughs> so yeah that's definitely a great perspective too because I think in the modern world we have uh intersectionality is is prized a lot and the most important thing for us is to you know, not pass for anything in a lot of ways to out ourselves, which is the thing that I do mostly because if I'm not in a distinctly trans mask space, then I'm usually read as like cis gay or cis straight even with the- That's <laughs> honestly, that is humorous <laughs> to me, but- but you see me with my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that. And also like, it just, I sometimes I forget how good gaydar can be. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and this is something I've, uh, you know, like Thomas Page McBee's amateur. Mm -hmm. He he cites um, uh, this text. It honestly boggled my mind with like how it's all the same problem, right? Assimilation, yep. and that, and I think also a lot of like. Uh, transgender men, but I think particularly white or white adjacent transgender men feel or learn this very deep loneliness mm -hmm. that comes with being assumed as a cis dude, yep. that people don't come up to you for safety. You, they yeah. are avoidant of safety and it's harder to make friends. And I think there's a, and he also talks about like the, the extreme it's almost an epi I would call it an epidemic of loneliness that mm -hmm. men are in and then are enabled to act on it with violence because of what's surrounding what's in the fucking juices in the air about yeah. how do you deal with this grief of losing closeness? Mm -hmm. You take it out on other people or you implode. Yeah. Um, yep. Not to derail from talking about passing, but I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't uh, like, I, I just finished reading Amateur by mm -hmm. McBee, and I, I think I've been longing for a connection of my transness and my, my racial identity and like mm -hmm. how they intertwine together and that they are not quite the same story, but they are, one feeds into each other and reveals more about the other. Like I've had family members that have been uh resentful of 
like other black family members that chose not to assimilate into like white culture, even if they were surrounded by white people. Um, and like have used these words, like I was mad that she didn't assimilate and versus like, I'm like, I love that she didn't. I think that that saved us. Um, even if that person like said it with love and was also just trying to survive, right? And not get hurt. It's like both, this is also, this is just stories of survival and stories of um, trying to live while like, I, you know what's crazy too? I'm gonna be real for a second. Like all the, this past week, I'm sure that you've been feeling it with like the Oklahoma and um, a literal like genocidal call for us. Like it's, it's heavy. And I even found myself being wary about being out in public where I even felt like if I was making too much noise, like I had me and my boyfriend were being silly for a moment, but then I was like, oh wait, we need to like calm down. We're being a little too loud. Mm -hmm. And he said this sweet thing where he, his feelings got a little hurt. And I was like, oh fuck. I'm like, I'm trying to hide. I'm trying to assimilate right now. Yeah. And that's not who I am. And we it's can. already like it. I'm really glad that I rewatched this film, especially with what's going on right now, mm -hmm. uh, because assimilating, passing, trying to be invisible makes for a very dull life. Yeah, it's what it's like, take what's interesting about you and don't share it. Like, what the fuck? And on your journey, you know, it is you cannot <laughs> you it's like the thing from Wednesday. on your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we have uh, we have Claire talking also about wanting to be around black people again. Like she misses it. She misses it culturally. She misses um, the way they laugh, she says. So there's definitely something in her heart. Which by the way, for the time period that that passing was written, that was honestly kind of like a radical thing to share because yeah. most passing um, novels and films like are like, there's one passing character who is good mm -hmm. and loves black people and the other <laughs> the other girl and it's almost always women yeah like, when there are stories that are talking about like black men who pass for white mm -hmm. it's usually pretty violent yes and uh abusive and like wanting to fuck white women under like mm -hmm. very much like a disclosure issue that yeah. a lot of trans people face too but um right sorry i I'll, I'll I'll be mindful of time, but uh, <laughs> you're fine. If it turns uh, into a two-parter, it turns into a ah! two-parter. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so Claire, oh 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 oh, but um, at the time, uh, Nella Larson, when she wrote this, she gave what would normally be the quote-unquote bad plot passing character mm -hmm. some humanity of what would happen if this person changed her mind because frankly a lot of times that happens and yeah. even i didn't catch this before in other viewings but brian even catches that brian is like you know i don't know like if it was so easy like for them to just go all the way white why do they always end up coming back yeah yeah you know? he says that in, the, in that letter scene um yeah definitely yeah. like 
it definitely the annoyance um that Brian has in that moment is is kind of <laughs> telling it's like do you want to Brian I feel so bad for him <laughs> all he's doing is leaning in and whispering in her ear too no cheating um I don't know I don't know <laughs> um but yeah there's and also like it, it does remind me of like my overall filmmaking journey, I was like very staunchly about not identifying myself as a queer filmmaker like 15 years ago. I gained zero traction. I was not making it. And the moment I started to do that, it just all started kind of like building for me. So I think that has to do with a lot of things, but there's power in identity and there's power in community. So those are like the basic, basic things of it. Um, but anyway, so, th so this is, you know, this is this moment where it's like, okay, she wants to come to this dance that Irene is organizing and, a white author, Hugo, who's like this guy that keeps <laughs> a white author, um, yeah. is like you can do you you can see this guy um, in a number of different movies in this time period. This is like almost a trope. So he's a <laughs> bit of a partier, but he's also like looking to spend time with um, people that are different from him. And there's good things about him. He's a problematic fave, I think definitely oh yeah he's a raging <laughs> homo too absolutely well, who is married to a woman right yeah so he's got a beard and <laughs> and and of course you know claire is like surprised that that he's coming to this event and irene's like low-key like a bunch of white people come to these events things are changing but of course she's she's a wealthy black person so there's a certain um there's a certain okayness about her culturally to white people as opposed to her maid so that's problematic. I would argue actually that she does when she's talking about like it's not a matter of uh white people like there's this quote that she's talking about where she I feel mm. like she does have some animosity about that. I'm tired of how many white people go to these things. It's more about them than us. Now. She it's sighs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> She's fucking weary. She's done. Um, it's, I have a quote that's like, let's see. It's not a matter of just white people going to the Negro Welfare Committee to see black culture. Uh, is that a quote or was that? I, I, I think she that. says that. She says something like that while this like brilliantly um directed scene too of following her around the house as she's doing these things so she makes she makes claire follow her around and she's saying these things of like yeah it i don't know the end of the quote but do you have is that the the first part yeah i yeah it's the first part and i think i forgot to write the rest but it basically <laughs> is like it's a show yeah and it's another performance mm -hmm. and oh and this is right after claire said you acted beautifully too Exactly. So it's like, oh, and you act too, you know, in your, your normal <laughs> everyday life. Um, this is also when Brian is introduced to Claire and it's like this, it's like a fast forward to the, to the dance. And Brian at first didn't want her to be tagging along because obviously he thinks it's going to cramp his style even more. That's like a huge issue. However, they are maybe flirting um, a little bit 
immediately and yeah, yeah there is some tension and distance between um irene and brian now mm. like just within the way it's shot but also the chemistry of the three characters or yeah. like not necessarily the chemistry but like the the relationship between like the elephant in the room like you can feel it in the way that it's shot yeah it's just sexual and they're even like the height um disparity makes him like he's leaning in always you know she's leaning up into him so i'm like yeah. okay is this an opportunity for a throuple no conversation has been had <laughs> like this is not good so they go to the party <laughs> and they jam sort of with hugh who it's so i love that direction too it's like hopefully we'll get over there to to hugh um <laughs> By the way, she's doing a, a Judy Garland inflection that I am appreciating, but she sounds a lot like Judy. Um, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's honestly, I feel like that's such a great uh, inflection for her to have because Claire is, she's had, she's forced herself to kind of always be acting. Mm -hmm. She is always in performance mode. And so she doesn't, the minute she gets any taste of authenticity she wants mm -hmm. more and more no matter how destructive it is and this is something that she yeah she she talks about that acting even openly with hugh in this conversation saying you know aren't i passing for white and that is of course when she fucking outs <laughs> outs claire to him yeah and it's we ryan you and i i'm sure have collectively been in this moment a thousand times so this is a moment where it's like she's like he's oh, trans yeah. his pronouns are he him this is my friend no business outing nobody asked but they oh yeah. no that person's trans and then and then oh my god really Oh, how do you, do you always know? And then she says, ah. she's like, you're a dick, but like low-key, low-key, yes, we always know. And that, that conversation beat for beat is just something that we live in our daily lives. So this yeah. concept of passing, um, you know, I, not to name names, uh, but a really amazing actress that we've both worked with, yeah. you know, she, she loves to refer to herself as she, you know, and she's, she's giving and she's always doing that. And it's a, it's a way to, um, to gender affirm yourself, but we mm. do it to other people so, so much. And it's a part of reading. It's a part of queer culture. So very complicated, but I think this film approached it so fucking beautifully. Yeah, it's real life. It's that is, uh, what's it called? Interpolation theory, mm -hmm. where yep. seeing yourself and others in lit and talk about like just like passing by. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many passing puns. It's almost abysmal, but like, it's <laughs> it's yep. also just so um, telling. And mm -hmm. by the way, I've had this happen to me before where I've clocked, like they were not just trans, but also like passing for white. Sure. Like, like, and I didn't know it at the time. I was like, are you like, like, like we both had that. Are you for multiple right. reasons? Are you and are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. And also really like like a circle of affirmations mm -hmm. um in the questioning of it in the visuals 
or in the the seeing each other but i don't know i just i love that that scene it was so real like it was so like like fuck you but also you're right <laughs> but 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 also this is a person that is definitely has racist like tendencies just like most white people um but is also actively like engaging with black people so has some of the verna vernacular we we run into that too um we we know that that can sometimes if the education doesn't get complete it can be a dangerous middle ground yeah they know too much <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> know too much and know too little so so Oof. this is definitely that moment i think it's brilliant uh there's also uh this this really fun sexuality moment here when uh you know claire wants to keep dancing brian goes to get her another partner she stands up sort of in front of of Irene and does what I would term an old-fashioned twerk. There's just a little <laughs> bit, there's just a little bit of butt action <laughs> there. And yeah. and so, and this is the beginning of thematically in the movie when Brian even points it out later, saying, you know, don't be, don't be get, getting responsible for happiness with that woman <laughs> across the board. Yeah. And this I actually is, missed that line. Thank you for saying that. This line. is right oh, before shit. they're in bed, and this is presumably when they might they might have had a little fuck here. Um, but th th it's it's like she's yeah she he's kissing her, he's giving her a lot of energy. It's like I know my partner wants to do it, and it just takes her a minute to to really engage because she's so preoccupied with thoughts of Claire. So what yeah. more do I have to say? Like, yeah like that um <laughs> she's just not that into you dr brian um yeah and in a husband way he seems like a great husband and, and a pretty good father but yeah. um even though he's not the greatest collaborator in, in parenthood um but anyway yeah. so so this yeah nobody's perfect these are really problematic um imperfect characters which i love so this is the, this next scene is when we have Zoo basking in the sun with Claire. So it's like I ring a home. Scene. Oh my god! It's so it, <laughs> the 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 beats. You could tell yeah. the tension. Uh, I think in our modern day, even we're like, I think this is where a lot of this like fast food worker rage comes from Ooh. when people are just throwing fries at these at these like workers who are not making shit. And I yeah. think there's a lot of like and not talking tension. either, yeah. like because of all the app stuff where it's like mm -hmm. like there is this one like meme I saw that was like the Uber Eats pickup stare that mm -hmm. you get where you're like oh hi welcome they're like well I know it's audio but I'm giving a uh, <laughs> dead dead in the eyes stare Stanley yeah. Kubrick style murder stare yeah yeah like, give me the <laughs> I'm, you know why I'm here. Right. No, no human interaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's very true. Like it's very soulless. Mm. Um, so yeah. So I think that kind of like capitalism 
leading into uh, what we essentially have now is like servitude, like, because we don't pay people enough to actually have a life. We only pay them enough to get back to work the next day. So that's literally, that's literally what happens when you don't pay like $5 above the current minimum wage. Um, It is so, so completely fucked. But yeah, so this is like a moment and she's like, yeah, like I want, I want my help to to get going um and and suddenly her passing friend is is like like identifying yeah more (laughs) more on the same wavelength as someone that she i wouldn't say like is i would say on the opposite end Mm. in terms of like where blackness is and in terms of um where uh camaraderie would normally be like a person mm-hmm. who's willing to marry a white supremacist passes white have a child like lie to her i'm assuming lie to her daughter saying like no black ties mm-hmm. and all that which by the way there's this i can't remember if we've gotten to, at this point yet but there's this chilling line that irene gives to claire where she's like it's not just about like your risk mm-hmm. claire mm-hmm. it's your daughter's risk too like you're not just risking your life you're risking her life too that was in very um, in the very beginning she brings up yeah. that she's a mother and it's and i think you're right to forget it because it's like right there in the beginning and that's not what claire is focused on yeah. not from moment 1 yeah. to moment the last moment spoiler alert but <laughs> <laughs> i know right juicy spoiler but <laughs> uh but yeah so so this is like this is a, th- this moment of tension too i think um uh it reminds me also of like you know how like conditions aren't aren't great ever when we have oppressed people and we move towards better conditions and different people get different benefits of the changing society so the idea that this woman works in a black house and probably in new york and has a better life than say someone working in a white household in the south of the same time let's just make that blanket assumption the idea uh, that is always kind of talked about is like you should be uh you should be glad for the conditions that you are given the the place that you uh were born into the time the the space but that is not how things work once we get better once we get more we are striving towards human justice and there is no there is no top to human justice until it's justice so Mm. that's what i always think about like you know like oh you know we're supposed to be really happy with the the, the things that we've gotten and I, i am like this is absolutely half of where i thought we'd be by now yeah like you think that this is like okay like oh it's like thank you for the crumbs mm-hmm. i'm yeah. so grateful for these crumbs which actually i am because sure. i know it can be worse and also at the same time this is we're barely getting started the knife isn't mm-hmm. even this is a malcolm x quote the knife isn't even out of the back yet we yeah. haven't even begun the healing yeah right? Yeah, you cannot, you can't do what we did in this country and then expect the healing to take less time than the abuse. That is mm. so stupid to me. <laughs> so <laughs> really dumb. But um, mm. so yeah, so this is when Brian is really starting to talk to the to the older boy, especially about lynching. It, I would I would mm. say that before bed, 
Um, I don't I don't doom scroll on the trans feed before bed. Yeah. That is not healthy. Certainly not on purpose. No, no. Maybe <laughs> I'll be like, wait, what was that? But um, but I think he in general just wants them to know what's up, and Irene wants them to be protected, but also not have them have a childhood. Yeah, exactly. Have them be innocent, and perhaps that innocence will lead to them having more hope and more possibility for themselves in their in their mind view so i think that's important but i would say both parents are right and both parents aren't communicating very well it seems like a more egalitarian uh, parenting situation too (laughs) than might normally be depicted for the time um, especially because yeah. like Brian definitely needs like support for his, for his career. So it's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of like tit for tat and, and she, she really tries to compromise with him, but this is, this is pretty sticky. So, um, also now Claire is like a full mess. Like she's entering her mess era. And yeah, at this point, Irene reminds her, you know, you, you've always been super privileged. Um, we are privileged. She says that you're free. Um, but like there's there's uh there's a lot going on here too with like tension between them anyway, because Brian and Claire seem to be flirting more in earnest. Um she catches them, she's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And it's just, you know, it's just they did not have the poly talk. That's all ah. I'm saying. So it's so so she's or like the okay, beard talk, go. if anything. Brian is the beard. Everything. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> right. Yeah, Brian, do you feel comfortable? <laughs> um, so so they go off to this dance, and then immediately we cut to like Claire's gone out of town, and Irene and Hugh and Brian are all hanging out now. And Brian just, it's obvious. He has a soft spot for Claire now, which he was reading. And he was like, she's exhausting. She's like super dramatic. Like she's I'm a mess. It. She brings trouble. <laughs> yeah. Stay away <laughs> from her. So then Irene's son, Ted, says that like, she needs to know about those things that they were talking about. That was a really important line. Um, Hey, like I'm talking about them, but also like you should know about them, which is something that we talk about in community a lot. Like we cannot bury our heads in the sand. We need to, I did not want to watch that footage the other day. Did I watch those Republicans telling to kill us? Yes, I did. I fucking did. Um, Because I want to know why I'm fighting and I want to be a, emboldened so this is when brian and irene fight uh, and brian like calls her stupid why he says how can someone so intelligent be that stupid not act that stupid be that stupid not a great look points off for brian (laughs) husband of the year (laughs) <laughs> and then they do this they talk about leaving the country which is something they had touched upon just the idea of there is another place that will be better culturally and we can we can make them freer there and irene is saucy at this point she's like uh do, what about claire don't you want to stay around claire isn't claire what makes you happy aren't you upset because right. claire is gone <laughs> and right <laughs> And this is where Irene checks out for a minute. Really, she's just like, she she goes, she has a, a what seems like 
lying down for maybe days. Yeah, depression spiral. It feels for sure. Definitely. Yeah, and Brian is able to like say like, "Hey, like I'm still a good husband," but it's quickly the tension is back because he's invited Claire to this thing, and she's like, "Of course you invited her." Yeah. <laughs> of course you did. So yeah, don't do that. He's very like, yeah, and I did not like his attitude here. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like this thing of like saying in the narrative, like the that person is saying this is not going to change. So now you protagonist have to make your decision. So we're queuing Irene up for that. And Irene then runs in the, after this party, which is, you know, primarily black people. She's with this lady that was at that party. She runs into John. So Alexander Skarsgård comes back. Felice she runs is the, him the and he's like that she's with. I, I wrote down her name. Felice is yeah. her name. Okay, Felice great. is Bessie so, so, in my notes. So Felice and Felice has some great facial expressions, but not a lot of they didn't give her a lot yeah. of lines. But she she and already if you've been listening to this pod, I know nobody's name. So <laughs> um, I'm actually pretty, pretty proud that I got all yeah, these good for you. and didn't call anybody daddy or hubby. <laughs> but but so Felice is there and she's just sort of like standing next to her, and Irene is like greeted by John he's looking at them she takes she takes felice's arm and then like <laughs> walks away and you just know that this is not gonna go away she sort of tries to talk to claire about it as they're heading to this other party they go to parties literally yeah. all the time and Ring 20 this is just suppose. where they're <laughs> i'm gonna say this I'm going to say this as a, if I was putting together the, the beat sheet. So they go into the party. There's some tension. Irene opens a window. We think maybe she's going to jump. There's a lot of eye contact between her and Claire. We hear John arguing at the door to get into the party. He overtakes some people, you know, Barrels pushes through. past them to get there. Claire knows Claire what's happening. Herself. She literally, mm -hmm. uh, there's something about, I think it's how slow it is and how much like mm. the, well, one, like the, the, the ratio of this film, I forgot the numbers, but like the fact that it's a perfect square and it's claustrophobic sure. on purpose. Like even scenes that are fairly mm. wide open, it somehow still feels like like we're grasping for breath, but especially at this climactic sure. scene, um, like Claire, Corners. yeah, she, her last line, these are the last words she says is, Ralph, where's my drink? Um, like, like she knows <laughs> this is the end, even though no one else does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think, I would think Irene knows a yeah. little bit. Fair. I think maybe she knows and I, and and would you say that okay so it's like this is this is uh -huh. Claire this mug and then Irene's hand goes like this does she push Yeah so in the book in the book it's ambiguous as well it's it can go multiple sure. ways and my my boyfriend sure. we watched it together when my boyfriend was like wait what happened because I'm not accepting this. <laughs> that was too quick and too stupid. <laughs> Which, it, and you'd have to go to the screenplay or maybe um, uh, 
some sort of uh, like description yeah. thing for the blind um, to see who, what opinion the screenplay even has. You I'm know? willing to bet that the screenplay does not have an, an opinion because the book also doesn't have an opinion. Yeah. But from watching, I feel like it's more of a suicide than not. Sure, I think it's definitely a suicide or suicidal uh -huh. thought that happens that, to like, swirl into like, the environment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's like they linked in this way beyond moments, you know, every other moment except for when they first mm -hmm. see each other. So it, it's that is, uh, I think that's interpretive, yeah, on purpose. And we know that even after when we see this like quick denouement of you know john sitting on the on the curb the police asking the people at the party did, what did you see so it was an accident we leave on is it an accident and it's this ambiguity that we know that john is going to escape into somebody even says he was just trying to protect his wife well because brian what is that yeah mean? brian tells the police saying it's a murder you know and then yeah that's irene <laughs> was the one that was like no everything just happened like i i couldn't even tell you but i yeah. feel like she's not exactly like a uh what's it called a reliable narrator both in the story and also sure. in, in you know a reliable witness so to speak and it's yeah. funny it's yeah she's the last one to leave nothing she does not accept what happens until the police officer talk like the breakdown the mm -hmm. this the sound design in this film is really cool too and I forgot the sound, but it's like the, you know, classic like tone ring or ringing in the ears mm -hmm. that is the wake up call. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> we just do ADR now. Like, <laughs> yeah. For free. Um, yeah, so that that's our synopsis. I wanted to mention that Rebecca Hall you know, was not nominated for an Academy Award yeah, for this, crazy. which I'm just pointing that out because that is just what they do with women. And I think this is a brilliantly directed um, piece of filmmaking. I have no idea how it was not just yum, yum, nom, nom fodder for the Academy, but I can only think of one thing. So uh, I would say that. And um, the only other thing I wanted to say really was just, as I've said many times in the discussion, passing is really problematic inherently. But I think the the point that you made so brilliantly in our discussion is that like it's a survival mechanism. And as we push towards um, getting a fairer society for for each other, we we have growing pains that sometimes don't look good on our community even, but vilifying um, people who are just trying to survive is not is not really like the way to go. And we can critique each other and that's the safest place, but people outside the community, yeah. like you can just go fuck yourselves. Like, I guess that's the only thing. <laughs> I mean, that's a brilliant message. I love it. I think, I think this <laughs> film and the original novel short story I, I don't know if it's a novel or short story because it is pretty it's jam-packed like Nella Larson really um 
packed a punch like every word mattered i mean every mo i would say most especially good films every word matters and good text in general but i i think there's so much empathy in this story that is unusual it's also like it's messy and empathetic too and i and that's where that's I think <laughs> that's the kind of films I really like is when things don't totally make sense. But if you were to jump into someone's shoes, it absolutely does make sense. Um, and I love what you said about how it's like, we have to, in order to get to a just society, you have to fucking live it. You have to live to see the day. So how are you going to live to see the day? Sometimes you have to do things that may seem like a backstabbing or may seem like a revert. But if it, it's kind of like surviving capitalism. Like I have to have a job in order to survive it. Right. So what is the job I'm going to pick? Right. Like it's, you can't right. blame the people surviving the system. If you have to, I can't be dead and get justice. What one thing I, one thing it reminds me of though, is like how I always think about how there's no like eliminated or added energy to the earth so that like when we die and then when we like go into the ground and then when we create you know plants and get eaten and become other humans etc etc all of that stuff has energy to it and we can either make it positive for the future or negative so you know if you want to think about it in a woo -woo, (laughs) that's my favorite way to think about things like (laughs) yeah but but there's some science to it too and some real like you can feel it you know we we can get better something i always think about is that we're evolving away from like cavemen so that like we should have expectations of ourselves but we really are just babies in terms of evolution and we can be so much more than we we just got here we're all greta Yeah, we are just wise babies. So we're going to get into our game. Well, pew, 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 y'all. It's the Queer Cast Cup today. Now, listeners, I'm going to remind everybody that, you know, because sometimes we get into sticky situations with the Queer Cast Cup. Do we really want to, you know, hire some, like, gay white (laughs) actor to play these? Not necessarily, but what I thought we might do today, Ryan, is thinking about the concept of passing and the fact that it's a book and the fact that it could be passing to the trans mask adventure, passing, gold, you know, gold, gay. So it could be something like that. So I think we're going to find out what it is through these through these uh, options. But I've briefed you on the game, I think, a little bit. But I'll I'll brief our listeners. We're going to have uh, five characters or six characters I have up here. I'm going to pull a name from the cup. You can either put them in the hold or you can cast them as that character. You have to cast that character before we move on. And you can only have one person in the hold. If you put a new person in the hold, the old one is ousted. I will remind you of these as we go through it. Don't worry and relax, okay? Our first character is going to be Irene because that makes it super oh, hard. Real, real on fire yeah. one. So, okay, let's see. Amanda Stenberg. Oh my god. That's classic. <laughs> Weirdly. Um, I'm gonna say, fuck yeah, cast her as Irene. Fuck yeah, ding ding ding. We've got a casting as Irene, Amanda St- Amandla Stenberg. Okay, great, wonderful. 
I feel good about this. And that could be that could be a queer passing, that could be whatever. Oh, yeah. Doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be all of the above a modern day. <laughs> okay, our next character is gonna be Claire. And is this gonna be oh wow, okay, so you got one that of course Leo very famously got. I'll give you a, a I'll give you an option. It can either be Hannah or Harold Gadsby. Oh my god. Uh, Hannah or Harold Gatsby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what's funny? You know the scene with um, Hugh and I and Irene where they're like looking at the party and stuff. My first ooh, ever acting ooh. class I've had, like certainly as an adult, when I first got out here, I did that scene and I played Irene, but as a trans guy. Mm. Nice. Just wanted to add that. Okay, little fun fact. so you're saying that Claire could be a trans man who's passing mm -hmm. a cis perhaps yeah, absolutely man harold harold would have been a great hue, yeah but he's not up right now what are you gonna do Ryan? so wait who is this actor so oh hannah gaston oh oh my god have you ever yeah, seen yeah, them? yeah 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 they're comedian yeah, yeah they have this the really but it's hollywood yeah. um <laughs> And this is casting for Hugh? For Fuck. Claire. Uh, I'm holding, sorry. <laughs> okay, you're gonna put Hannah in the hold. I think that's wise, I think that's wise. <laughs> okay, next name poll. Let's see, we're still on Claire. We're gonna go with Emma Corrin. I know this name. This is, this is the crown. Oh. Hmm. It doesn't feel right. Mm -mm. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm not gonna cast them, and I can't put them in a hold, right? If you put them in the hold, you're gonna lose Hannah. I think I have to oust Emma. Emma, bye bye. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> All right. Still casting for Claire. Let's go with cup. Okay, okay, okay. Rebel Wilson. No. Wow, you're getting a lot of no. love. I'm shaking up this cup <laughs> so well. No, you're 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 saying Rebel, we don't do this. Down yeah. girl. Nice. It's a go to the next gig. <laughs> Let's do yeah. Go to the next gig, cat ah! two. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> let's see. Okay, is Claire Anna Paquin? Now this this will definitely be a queer path. Yeah. Thing. Huh. I don't know why, but I actually do kind of like that. Yeah. I'm gonna go with yes. There's a age, there's an age discrepancy here, so it's a little bit Carol. <laughs> oh um, my god! But I kind of love that. But I still like it. Yeah. I can't wait till Anna Paquin gets into her Kate Blanchett. Oh. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I actually do really love that. That's that would be that's an exciting time. It's <laughs> an exciting time for all of us. Um, let's see. Okay, now we've got Brian. Mm. Now, who knows what we're going to pull, you know? It's going to be Harry Styles, I'm going to scream. It is India Moore. 
Antium Moore. God, I don't a, know actors as well. Angel on Angel on um Post. Oh fuck! As Brian? Yeah, as Brian. Uh, and she can she can play she's yeah. non binary. So she can play whatever. That would be so interesting. She can play a black man. <laughs> I kinda wanna put her in the hold and sadly Alex Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, India we haven't ever pulled before, so I, I love I yeah. love that. Maybe in the sensei. I don't know, we pulled so many. Tony was just understandable. <laughs> understandable. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> All eight characters. Okay, let's see. Is Brian gonna be? Oh, oh. Cheyenne Jackson. Wait, wait, wait. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I know the answer to this. Cheyenne Jackson. Yeah, no. No, no. It's goodbye, Cheyenne. <laughs> goodbye, Cheyenne, but appreciate you for having such a fun Yeah, game. no kidding. <laughs> All right, Brian, Brian. Alexandra Gray. Pew, pew, pew. Holy star of Spookable. Fuck! Damn it! Now, I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, here, shit. But I would, I would hold this girl. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> India's gonna be Brian, and we're holding Alexandra. Oh my god, yes, that's a brave choice. That's great gameplay. Okay, wonderful. India can do anything, and then Alexandra, I think, has the attitude for some of these remaining characters. All right, let's see. (laughs) Okay, now we're on John. Is it gonna be Tig Nataro? (laughs) hang on why am I blanking on John right now John is Alexander Skarsgård's character holy fuck Claire's husband Claire's husband yeah (laughs) oh man wait that's actually kind of interesting it's low key brilliant yeah I'm gonna cast it I love that. I think her delivery, honestly, it, like I don't know why, would really yeah. work. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm casting. I don't, I don't hate them, or I don't dislike them. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so wrong. I love it. Okay, here we go. We've got Zulina up next. Now I think you know that Alexandra could kill yeah. that part, although she would say, "Why am I the main?" That's fair. So here we go. <laughs> that is totally fair. Is Zulina gonna be Billy Fucking Eichner? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say yes. I, I would. To be I fucking say, yeah. How would that change things? Because he's like, because because it would be. It maybe he's a straight person being their butler. Fuck yeah. Maybe he's a closet you know person. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm casting it. Let's put Billy through this. <laughs> okay, Billy. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I every every show I wonder is this the one where I'm gonna get canceled? Do- <laughs> All right. So you've got Alexandra in the hold. We've got one character left. So this is gonna be Hugh. I think she's that's actually no, one hundred percent. I'm obsessed with that, but pull it anyway. I want to just see. 
Whoa, whoa. I was like, you you, you almost did a Leo. You know, Leo wanted to, to choose before pull. And y'all's got to pull. Okay, and this is Leo's friend, Asia Kate oh, yeah. Um, I love how you got most of the same names from because this compass is splendor. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be between these two. Okay, for sure, Hugh is fucking Alexandra. Oh my god, yes. Ding, ding, ding. AG. Awesome. Okay, let me read you your cast list. This is actually a film that's going to happen, directed by Ryan (laughs) Baker. Um, Look forward to it. We've got Irene, Amanda Stenberg, Claire, Anna Paquin, Ryan is India Moore, John as played by Tig Notaro, (laughs) Zulina, you've got... Billy Eichner and Hugh will be our beloved Alexandra Gray. Amazing, Ryan. Thank you so <laughs> much for doing that. That is, uh, it is a wild game that we love and we are all beholden to the cup. Two queers, one cup, ah! right? So. Screaming. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Every day I make that. <laughs> Everyone loves it's it. It's good. Okay, so. We're going to move on to our Gender Icon Award. This is, of course, where we say, hey, you're iconic in your gender, or you have gender, or you went on a gender journey. Gender, gender, gender. That's all it really takes to choose somebody. I'll go first because I know that makes it a lot easier. Let's see. I think this one is kind of hard, honestly. I was like, what, what, what am I looking at, you know, in terms of uh how iconic they both are in their journeys and i think it it's basically what we have been saying this whole discussion this is survival so i'm giving it to both irene and claire jointly because they're both representing survival as black women in that current culture that they're in so i can't choose and i think choosing them both is is honoring the fact that both of those narratives are um things that they felt they had to do in their life and we we honor that so i'm giving it to both of them what about you right that's a brilliant answer you just gave holy fuck um immediately <laughs> not as dumb as he looks <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> i think fuck i think zoo She's the mirror in this whole, I mean, she has so little scenes, but each time that she's on screen, it's, it goes, she, she's what brings Claire and Irene deeper into their problems. I think Mm. she's, she acts as almost a lightning rod on the story itself, which I personally, I love, I, I hate that people have been subjected to being a light rod in a lot of family systems Mm -hmm. in jobs in in human interactions in general but i have a soft spot for the people who are lightning rods it's something i really identify with um so i think zoo is very much giving my gender award because she is i think white supremacy and patriarchy can't live without each other just as um, mm. I think very similarly to how my racial passing has dictated a lot of, 
about my gender passing. And I think, mm -hmm. I guess I'm trying to find a, a wrap up sentence here, but like, I think, <laughs> I think zoo. We're all. Yeah, zoo. I think, I think people can find um, a bit of zoo in themselves when they felt like they were at the least protected in the room, you know, or the least loved right. or the most invisible. But in, it's like she's yeah. simultaneously the most invisible and visible at the same time. Yeah, Zoo is a space creator too. So like, she's definitely like pinging me for um, the kind of people in our community that go, we, you know, we can take up this, we can be villains, you know, you know, I love to make trans people monsters. That's not a, like, there's, there's creatives who are really against that, who really don't want to um, have shows like that. And so I think there's, there's something about like taking back everything, taking back basking in the sun, mm. you know, that's, that's literally what she physically does. And I think she also just challenges both of the women to reconcile with their privilege in you know what monetary privilege they got yeah everything status you know so so she's definitely like because you don't have to have status um, or money to be legitimate and yet there's certain things that you can pay for say as a trans person that make you um feel better more masculine more feminine whatever more non-binary so you know there's just there's so much um so much complication in that that i think you're right like a lightning rod she makes it really clear when it's a very complicated um yeah issue. amen <laughs> amen anyway that's our show y'all thank you so much ryan for bringing me this film for discussing it with me today and i i would love to just say at the end here we touched on it um let's just not fuck around right now there's shit happening um i'm really angry uh i'm really disturbed mm. and uh i I would love to just say to conservatives, like, because I know that it's hard um, to listen to people um, when it's so different. I'm going to say y'all are really fucking up and you need to you need to shake yourself. I dare you. I dare you to actually look at the things that you claim to believe and try to draw a line back to yourself and your heart and your humanity. Cause I think you'll be drawing it to money. I think you'll be drawing it to societal pressure. And we're very confident in our community that we're fighting for the right thing because we've had decades just the past few decades now trans people have been around forever for the longest time since uh, humanity began but for the past few decades we've had research we've had um, a lot more discussion and this is not something that we're collaborating on to attack people we're literally trying to provide life-saving care and um, if you can't get on board with that then I don't know what to tell you, but we're not gonna stop fighting for this. So see you, you know, see you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you've gotten we've given people an invitation to the future that is also the past. And you 
can either join us or not, but it's like trans people are people that have been erased and brought to hyper visibility over and over again. And it's like, we're inviting you to grieve your old life. We're inviting you to grieve um, the lack of choice that other people have had. And you can either notice that it's an invitation and not a threat or get busy doing whatever else that you're doing and know that it is temporary. Um, and that I think I really feel like the internet is what's changing. Like it's the game changer in our fight right now. Cause one, the internet brought more trans people into existence because the internet has brought um, more people to come out information and more people to come out. So we yeah. have more numbers now than probably in, you know, a hundred plus years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, number one, I'm excited to see like the census that came out yeah. or, or like that just happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you meet like the trans census, mm -hmm. I think that those numbers will be so interesting to see. Um, but I also think about like the book burnings that happened, uh, in the 30s 33 i think mm -hmm. and how the internet is unburnable yeah in yeah in fact the the devil of it and the and the angel of it is that it can never be erased yeah just like energy you know yeah. so yeah al gore made sure of that <laughs> yeah thanks al gore <laughs> you're gonna make sure that transness can't be erased because well also it can't be erased even without the internet because it didn't get erased in 33 as much as it held us back i think yeah. we've gone what can i what i assume to be farther than the books that burnt um and the clinics that burnt because we have even more clinics now and mm -hmm. as much as it wants to be erased it's like our invitation still stands yeah um because yeah. it's not it, we it's so it's just the the more the less you do like it's so much energy to try to fight like mm -hmm. things that are natural yeah and of course trans people are so fucking natural like we are nature mm -hmm. we embody what nature is which is evolution which mm -hmm. is choice and which is the ability to live and grieve yeah um so yeah. I, I've definitely had my breakdowns. My birthday's tomorrow. Mm, happy <laughs> birthday, I Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had a breakdown, like crying in my boyfriend's arms saying, I'm scared this is my last birthday, you know? Yeah. And I shouldn't have to ever have that fear because I'm only turning 28. Yeah, that's know? ridiculous. But, yeah, and it's like, I have to be curious about how far I go because I'm also curious about how far we go mm -hmm. um and it's it's not to I know there's we are at time pretty much but mm -hmm. I need to say like my and, and this is me living in Hollywood granted and also just being born and raised in California like it's striking how diff how different it is being in real life what in having intimate interaction with strangers i think very recently since i've been hearing about like the the bills being like more and more bills being passed like not just like you know 300 plus bills existing in general 
for the past, like, you know, three, four years, like, I have been having really lovely, caring experiences with the public. Mm. And then online, I'm seeing, you know, obviously, it's a much grander scale on yeah. the, the world versus, you know, the interactions I'm having with a few human beings. Locals, in yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't help but like as much as there's a bit of whiplash going mm -hmm. on for me personally as like a trans person uh hearing what cis people think about us versus what i'm interacting with what i'm assuming are cis people yeah i'm most likely correct that they're cis people but mm -hmm. you never know yeah um i've been having like i went to a starbucks in santa clarita and it was like a church like <laughs> sanctuary like i swear to god like the people there were so loving and nice to me, like not even just like, you know, like getting my name right or like, like just like the interaction of sharing, hey, this is my name. Like they thought of it as sacred information. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I don't know, maybe that's just where I was at. Yeah. Like when I was at the Starbucks, like feeling pretty tender and vulnerable. Yeah. But it, like, it was just like, oh, hey, like, hey Ryan like we we have your water over here like and it was like the person that didn't even I didn't even tell my name classic to. Ryan order just water, <laughs> water. Um, I also got a little lemon cake like I was like Ooh, feeling like, la. yeah you will indeed it. no but I think um, that that is what we get that feeling in early you know transition medical transition a lot you know and it's, yeah. it's it's um, sure, there's like a lot of like endorphins with stuff like that. But then when you really have it in every day, it is a foundation. You know, it is definitely like um, confidence and being a better human in the world. All that comes from that. So if we can just, you know, keep explaining um, to them the, that this is all about better humans, eventually i hope that we can break through but if they're not going to play ball then i'm telling you i am i'm just going to ignore everything yeah. from the police to politicians just yeah. call it a day <laughs> yeah i can only like i can only extend so much to you i cannot yeah. save everybody meaning mm -hmm. i cannot uh give good faith to people who want me dead and my people dead Right, you know. exactly. Yeah. And we're busy saving ourselves and et cetera, et cetera. So please, y'all, like if you're in one of those states, especially stand up for it. But everybody needs to be talking about this, just like when abortion rights were flipped. You know, we the queer community came out to try and stop that. And we're fighting to get get everything back to the right way. So please mm -hmm. come out for us. There are kids, you know, who really need um, our support. Um, thank you all for listening to a trans podcast. That's step number one. First oh, yeah. trans comedy podcast in the world. Um, and Damn, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just watch some trans and gay movies tonight and have and have some fun before you um, do your, your posting and all that sticking up for mm -hmm. us tomorrow. That's all we ask. So thank you. And uh, we are out. Are you in Joshua Tree? Yeah, it's just right next to it. It's 29 Palms. Um, oh. I, it sounds like I'm such a woo-woo talking about it, but it's like, seriously, like if you need to reset yourself, it's great. Um, it's like a magical place. So you're always welcome here. We have a jacuzzi. Oh, sick. <laughs>